0: When we see oh, a lot
1: of uh, before we begin, we're going to so we tribute to Toby Keith. Let's have a drink. When we Toby Keith.
2: I fire in
0: Shots fired, Nevada. Nobody's ever sung that ever. <laughs> I have.
2: Like I said, nobody's ever sung
1: so that uh, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the pc podcast my name is paul i'm the p of the pc podcast and my name is chris i'm the c in the pc podcast let's this, kick it paul this is a salute to our veterans and Woo. i'm sitting around this table in awe because i have three of them around me right now um we're going to go through them first of all we have chris cubero who is the other half of pc podcast he was in the navy united states navy let's give a nice round of applause thank you very much and next to my left, we have Ray Favada. He was in the Army. <laughs> and we have Chuck, who was in the Air Force. Whoop. And yours truly, I was in the Civil Air Patrol. My man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, that's important stuff, Paul. Don't <laughs> knock it. Don't knock it. I you don't have many stories. Marched stores. in a
1: parade or two, probably.
0: <laughs> you have like a oh, that's uni- right.
1: I held the banner in was it your uniform like, the,
0: like a Girl Scout brownies or something like that? It's called a
1: mm-hmm. F.U. Brownie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm gonna have each one of you guys talk for a minute. I'm not probably not gonna say much this podcast, believe it or not. There's because... a lot of people applauding right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my friends. Uh, um, but I, I just, you guys talk about when you got in, why you got in, uh, where you were, if you were in an arena, and I think you all were, um, and uh, what you left at what your rank was. Let's start with our guests. Let's start Let's, with our guests. Let's start with our guests. That, yes. You guys just got to meet this weekend, yeah. and it's Chuck Slavin. Hey, Chuck, it was been? awesome to meet you, Chuck, and thanks for being here on the show with us. We're looking forward to it.
3: I'm a Virgo. I like long walks on the beach. Uh, anybody looking for a long-term relationship, please don't hesitate to reach out my wife. <laughs> do, do you like your hair getting pulled during sex? I love it. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, I'm you. sitting here with three bald
1: guys. Now. Yes, you are. I'm not bald. You're close enough. enough. <laughs> All right, we're talking about yes. He gets
3: to talk now. Shh. Shut up! He's ahead, Cut me off like up twice. Up. Already, you know? Get used to it, bro. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I joined the Air Force as a security policeman. Um, I did exactly what the poster tells you to do. I joined up. I wanted to get some money for college. Um, they show you a lot of videos when you're in the recruiter's office, and the one for the Air Force had a lot of SWAT teams, a lot of really, really engaged kind of police work. So I signed up for that and. Plush it's, barracks. Spent it's about the first three years <laughs> walking around <Carpet>. freaking planes <laughs> counting rivets, um, to be honest with you. But I uh, went overseas, enjoyed a lot of that. A um, little time in Germany, a little time in Greece, a uh, little time in the desert in Qatar, watching planes land off and take and land off. while Drank any waiting for them to come back. Um, and then did a second round as one of those dirty contractors during the Iraq uh, Gulf War. What does that mean, Iraq? dirty contractor? Um,
0: my veteran status
3: and my they got status paid more. more yeah we got
0: same job. they just get
1: paid three times the mm-hmm. <laughs> through an n g o did you just steal saddam 's gold?
3: no, no, actually I, it, it was a cool gig um I was a a liaison and aide to Major general Jasm Jawad Ali of the Iraq Ministry of Interior. He was responsible for eighteen provinces of cops and keeping them fed and trained and giving them guns and bullets, and making sure they didn 't die and I got to go along with them to all 18 of those provinces. And you were in it. the middle of everything. Yeah, it was three and a half years worth. But uh, again, I, I wouldn't have been there if it weren't for a lot of the good vets that were with me, a lot of the good enlisted folks that were already with me as well. So uh, a lot of good adventures we can get into there. And
1: what did you come out as rank?
3: Buck sergeant. I was E uh, E4. I had tested well for staff sergeant, and then I saw a few lines, really, really smart ones in the line getting out, really, really questionable.
1: I don't know any of the ranks. You, I could have called you a keyboard if I would have still saluted you because sure. I don't know them all.
3: Uh, it's the break between enlisted and a non-commissioned officer. Once you hit NCO, um, a lot of the regulations under the UCMJ change and you keep your rank if you're busted. They, they have a lot less options they can do with you from a disciplinary perspective. So you are so tenure. You could <laughs> yeah, call it tenure, sure. And once you make NCO, uh, your life changes. Dramatically, you're starting to pick up reports that you're responsible for raiding and keeping happy and alive and making sure
2: they're not slapping their wife around that
1: kind of thing cool
2: uh ray where were you where was i and when and when so it would have been the uh late 80s um i always wanted to go in the army and uh my dad my dad kind of forbid me and uh so i went off to college and didn't do well and uh so i decided i needed to grow up and uh on a whim i went and enlisted to okay. the to the anger of my parents, but, uh, so I went in to grow up, and about, uh, about six weeks through basic, I think, I'll behave in school now, I'll study, I can go back, and they're like, no, 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 you're ours now, so, <laughs> um, I, I went in Army, Infantry, I uh, went to be Airborne Ranger, and they found out real quick in basic that my knees were shot from football, and uh, there was no way I was jumping out of an airplane, so I ended up being mechanized infantry, which is uh, the Bradley, and uh, so we didn't have to walk everywhere, get a, we get we got to drive, and then then fight.
1: Is that a tank or a personnel carrier? It's
2: it's or, like a tank. It's got a turret on top, but the motor's in the front. It carries about uh, eight guys in the back. So it's an armored personnel carrier. It's uh, the replacement for the 113, um, which questionable whether or how great it was or is. Um, there's, a, there's a phenomenal movie about it called The Pentagon Wars with Kelsey Grammer that shows how you cannot design a vehicle by committee. It doesn't work. So uh, I was in – went in 80, 88, 89. And uh, they shipped me over to northern Germany, which, when I explained that I was from Florida, they told me to dress warm. <laughs> and I spent a couple years there until Desert Storm. They shipped me off to uh, to the desert out there, I happened to drive the first combat vehicle into Iraq before the land war started. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and saw some action over there. We were one of the worst hit units in the army during during the war. What year um, was this? Mid ninety one.
3: I think we bombed you.
2: Uh, we had a couple incidents of I'm friendly sure. fire. Um, we had an, uh, some Apaches attack us, attack our headquarters unit, and we had uh, our own tanks open fire on us. And my actual company got got hit by friendly fire too. So you can, the Air Force pilots were talking about they shot everything they even
3: tried to move. They called it the Great Turkey Shoot. Yeah, yeah. We, we
2: didn't have any Air Force issues. We had uh, our it was all Army, Army helicopters, Army tanks. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's not fun. M1 Abrams will miss. No. Vehicle's up bad. So uh, from there, I went to Fort Riley. Spent another year at Fort Riley. Got out as an E-4 specialist. That would have been up for sergeant if I'd stayed in. But, you know, it was downsizing, and they offered everybody to get out. So I got out.
1: All right. And what was your rank
2: when you left? Spec four. E-4. All right. Chris?
0: Yeah, so um, I joined the Navy in 1988 right out of high school. Um, And uh, I went to boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois. And I remember I flew out from Miami and it was eighty six degrees and we landed in O'Hare. <laughs> it was like seven degrees. <laughs> Wind chill factor was below zero. Was, I was like, what the hell did I do here? And um so then uh what went, what's that? What month? It was n- late November. I was in boot camp for Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year. So <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, planning. Yeah. It was it was dumb. And um and I went to school there and then uh shipped out to the fleet. And so, um, I was on my first ship. I was on was, a Adams class, uh, guided missile destroyer USS Lawrence DDG four, um, spent time on that ship transferred over to my next command was a repair ship. The USS Puget sound, uh, AD 38 destroyer tender. Um, it was non-combatant. And at the time there was no weapons on there. I think we have 50 calves, That's it. And, um, and at the time it was before females could serve in combatant roles. So if you were out at sea, if, if there was a female out at sea, it was on one of the repair ships. So it <laughs> an interesting time. I can say yeah, that's been nice. I remember we went on, we went on one cruise and like 38, six came back pregnant <laughs> <laughs> and they could go, They could go to captain's mass for that yeah, too. Trouble. Yeah. So, um, anyways, so it did that. And then, um, yeah, so we were, I was over in the, the first Gulf war as well. Um, in the Persian Gulf. I remember we did, uh, we did, uh, a 10 by 10 by 10 by 10 square and that's what we did for months at a time and um so it was it was interesting that's we just were over there supporting everything else and spent spent a lot of times playing cards <laughs> and stuff like that uh never really once felt in danger i think we had to go to general quarters like maybe seven eight times throughout the whole the whole time but
3: i was a little let down by the first golf uh experience that yeah, i was in germany for Two and a half years yeah. before that, and they were training us every three months. We were having drills, wearing gas masks, full mop, you know, cool. That's right, they were supposed to have chemical yeah. weapons. Yeah. yeah, but we were doing defense in depth and operating vehicles and Mark 19 machine gun, grenade launchers outside the base. And then they move us to Qatar, and we're just working out with yeah. sandbags and drinking water. We, we did a lot of we road. did a lot of
0: training while we were over there. Through a lot of damage control, fire control training, and stuff like that, yeah. and. I remember we were we were there we were on station for like four or five months. I'm told not 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 including the time we left to to cross the Atlantic or whatever. And I remember that um, I remember our captain came over with the intercom. They call it the one MC. The captain came over and he's like, "Hey, this is Captain. You know, so and so. He's like, "I got good news and I got bad news." And we're all like, "All right, the, the good news is, you know." We're we're uh we're we're gonna be in port in three days. And you know, everyone was like, Yeah, the bad news is we're going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you can't drink there and do anything there. Right. Was so pissed off. Um, but no, I had a great I had a great time in the military. Um, wouldn't change it, wouldn't trade it for the world and quite frankly I was gonna stay in longer and make it a career, but I hurt my knee um while I was in the navy and um tore tore some ligaments and stuff and after I got after I got better, I was deemed not fit for full duty, and so I got a, med, a honorable medical discharge um, from that, and so I got out as a E4 third class petty officer. So I think we we're all.
3: I'm going
2: to be a little bit crass here. You getting a check for that knee? I do. Yes, yeah, for you. I am a disabled like, veteran. Yes, I, I, I am. I like your stories. Both your stories about the Desert Storm there. and uh, <laughs> I can tell you that RPGs being fired at you are not fun. And, no, uh,
0: I bet it's not.
2: You know. It's, I'm, so
0: so the reason I joined the military was back then, I think we've told this story, Paul knows it, but um, getting getting help for college was a little different back then. And, and so not everyone was eligible to get a loan, a grant, anything. I mean, it, it went by your income and stuff like that. And I never considered us to be like wealthy at all. I think we were below middle class, but on paper, my dad still made too much money for me to get any kind of assistance. And so... I had gotten accepted to like several, eight, seven, eight different universities. I ended up getting a, uh, offer to go to a university for, um, a scholarship for, for acting drama. And I still couldn't even come up with the other half for that. And so I didn't want to sit around and I, all my friends that I knew, all my close friends, childhood friends were all going off to college, you know, and I just didn't want to be stuck not doing anything. So I said, well, I, I, so I did a lot of research on the military and, um, <laughs> I picked the Navy just because I thought it was the safest. I look at all the, the the deaths and and injuries and everything from the previous wars and everything, and the Navy seemed to be the you know the the most uh oh besides maybe the the Air Force, but Air Force. I always fell in love with the water. We were always, like, always out, you know, doing stuff in the water and fishing and stuff. So that's
1: kind of why I did the Navy. So it. you all enlisted, but how do you, I mean, how do you enlist? remember they had
2: recruiting officers, mm-hmm. so, and they would have people come so, here. So you go to the recruiter, whichever one, and they all do the same thing, take it same feet to the MEP station, and you do the ASVAB test, unless you take it in high school.
0: Yeah, mine was a little different. I took the ASVAB test in high school, yeah. and they were all, they were yeah, all calling different. me. I was getting called by yeah. all of them trying yep. to, like, get me to join. I wasn't so. allowed to. Oh yeah, because oh. you're <laughs> yeah. my dad. Yeah. Like, no, you weren't gonna... prepared. Yeah. No, and I... I honestly did the ASVAB to prepare for the SATs because I had every intention on going to college, right? And so it was a good, it was a good prep, prep test, right, to go to, for to the SATs. So, the,
3: podcast, so, so, so you the, take the big test. So so this big test vocational yeah. aptitude battery. battery. 'Cause I have yeah. no idea what that was. It so it measures your aptitude in a number of critical areas that you might serve in the military. Yeah. So, and all
1: three fuckers passed,
2: huh? I believe that. I wow. passed hmm. the whole thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> very rare. But, but no, so so it literally takes everything. It takes mechanical abilities, you know, just general knowledge, you know, school stuff, you know, all this stuff, and then they from your scores on it, they determine what MOS's jobs you can have. Mm-hmm. And so they and trigger they, additional tests. Yeah, yeah. Like so, when when I got to Germany, when I got, first got there, they they put like six of us. They brought us in and they gave us a, a language test. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally the, the uh, test went T. Find the one that sounds like that. Baha Tefaya. And you're like, what the <laughs> hell, I didn't pass that one. Um, <laughs> but it was literally they were looking for people to train in, in Farsi for in, uh, I mean, with, was way before Desert Storm. But they were looking for for uh, foreign Absolutely. languages.
1: So you guys were all pretty much in that arena of the Middle East and everything. You were in the water. You told me, Chris, that you just watched missiles launch for yeah, the most part. Yeah,
0: we 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 launched a couple off of our ship. So I watch um, missiles
2: land. And then um, Ray, you said you were the first one in. I would, uh, So about two weeks before the land war actually started, the uh, the air air campaign already uh, had already taken place. Um, we were a forward attached element. Uh, we were actually Second Armored Division forward out of Germany, attached to uh, First Infantry Division, and so they sent us into investigate what was on the other side in between Saudi Arabia and Iraq. So we were the first uh, – they sent a battalion in so that we would go and scout around. We encounter, encountered some Iraqi forces, took some fire, mortar fire, stuff like that, but we were just scouting around for about a week and a half and then came back into, Iraq, into Saudi Arabia before the land war officially began.
1: Mm, Chuck?
3: ooh,
2: um, It used to be in the mortgage industry and it imploded
3: in about 2008. 2007, actually. Um, And then I got recruited by some friends that I have at McDill Air Force Base at the time. They were looking for, uh, again, liaisons and consultants to go train cops. I fit the bill. Um, And I shipped out in July of 2008. Now, if y'all remember what was going on in Baghdad in July of 2008, we were hopping. Uh, As a matter of fact, my first night landing in country, uh, I got the axle shot out from underneath the armored bus we were in. And we had to wait on... (laughs) Uh, route Irish, if anybody remembers those names from uh, Baghdad. It was the toughest street on the planet at the time. And we had to sit there and wait for a tank extraction unit to pull us out of fire. I I understand your feeling about getting uh, mortared and shot at. at. No, it's not. 50 calibers, ringing off of the vehicle you're in, and you're just sitting there in the dark. So
1: Iraq had their regular military, and then they had their, what, revolutionary guard or something like that? He's talking about different
2: things. He's talking about uh, post-Desert Storm. He's talking about the second time. Yeah, I'm taking Yeah, exactly. The Iraq. So your question is during Desert Storm, uh, any of the action you guys saw? Well, I mean, uh, so so during Desert Storm, we were fighting the, the official Iraqi army, which at the time was the fourth largest military in the world, and uh, they had the regular troops and they had the uh, the royal guard. I think it was called. I think it. the Republican Guard. Or yeah, so. no,
3: they had. The, he had a uh, the Republican Guard. there. ran. Um, he did have a very high end. Uh, yeah, yeah, versus,
2: they were supposedly trained better, but. Yeah. Again, the uh, T72s—they didn't stand up to the M1 neighborhoods all that well. Uh-huh. They didn't know how to maintain it. Yeah, yeah. that also. But again, well, no, the m was an, well. an impressive. I remember. Take. I
1: think it was the first time we went in there, and I remember that, like you said, the Air Force went in first. Or, oh yeah, they started bombing. Yeah. It.
2: And so the first POWs we were catching were all uh, literally starving, no water. They ran out of ammo um, because they cut off all their supply lines. Again, it was, it was a brilliant strategy to literally just. Bomb all the supply lines. It was our
1: general, not Schwartzkopf. Yeah. was it him? It was, it was the first was, one. Yeah, he so,
2: actually
3: came out and shot. Sorry, he actually came out near my house and got shotguns at that uh, old shotgun range where they built Heritage. Um, but he he was an imposing figure. Yeah, he yeah. was almost seven feet tall. He was a big boy.
1: I've seen him on different occasions yeah. at yeah. different events and everything. I, I've autographed copies of his book personally, written to me. Yeah, good stuff. Alright, well we got to introduce everybody. We're gonna take a little break, listen to our sponsors. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to go more in depth with these wonderful minds that we have in front of us here.
3: From
1: the homes of Here we are. Here we are. We're back. Apparently, we don't have a marine here, and the last song I played was like the marine. Yeah, It's the marine. <laughs> uh, who knows? Actually,
2: Actually I do have, have.
1: I do have one of my family members who is a, a, a marine. Uh, Brandon Steiner. He was on that aircraft carrier that was in Guam. Yeah. And that's the captain that got relieved of duty and everything else because half his ship had COVID, mm-hmm. and they sequestered him and he got tested. Got COVID, they put him in a hotel room for four days. Came back, he tested, No, I'm sorry, you're negative. Just kept going back and forth. So he sat in a hotel room for like three months. Anyways, long story short, let's go back and talk about you guys. Um I know you guys probably have a lot of uh good, bad, and different. Um we won't talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about whatever you guys want really. So Ray, let's start with you since we started to talk at the break and uh I wanted you to hold that for
2: now okay we were we we're talking about ptsd and uh I, I i truly don't think i have ptsd there's a lot of guys with a lot worse than than what i have and we were mentioning another friend that that we have that uh he actually became a psychiatrist trying to cure his issues and uh wrote a book about it and everything else and uh so he, he always told me oh you have you have some triggers and stuff and, and i do and what it is it is when i watch self self-sacrifice where especially if someone uh gets hurt or, or killed you know, giving their life for someone else because we, we had that when we when we got, got hit in the Battle of Norfolk in, in uh Saudi that um that puts me in a place that I just you know I'm not comfortable. You know, and again I'm I'm not, I'm nowhere near as bad as a lot of people are. Um like, you know, for example the President I'm wearing twenty two a day, we have twenty two uh uh suicides a day of veterans and uh so yeah I'm I get uncomfortable when I see certain things but you know I'm nowhere near as bad as you know, a lot of guys are. Oh, okay. Well, that's right, <laughs> That uh, just like, killed <laughs> everything right there. <laughs>
3: well, no. Um, I, I had a lot of hangouts when I first got back to I spent three and a half years, and I'm going to be the first man to tell you three and a half years is too long in the war zone. It's just horrible. Um, the last year of it, um, my mom was battling with the end of her life, and at the time it, yeah, it took for me to get home, Um, I got trapped in Kuwait by a bitter Arab who didn't want to let me out of the country, and he just hung me there and hung me there and hung me there. Um, I didn't know until about a year after I got back from Iraq that I had a serious trigger and hang-up about missing my mom's death. Everybody loved their mom. Absolutely. uh, It took probably – it was the second one counselor I was talking to. She picked up on the trigger, and she was like, "Uh, you feel – really really bitter about your entire experience and I'm like yeah I I signed up for it and I did everything I could do and I felt like I really got screwed you know, like, I can understand that feeling. it's like but you don't know how to deal with it and I definitely did not know how to deal with it did um, you
1: have any idea when you were
3: when they finally figured out that one of those triggers
1: was your mom's death mm-hmm. did you have any idea till then or did you have an underlying in the back of your head saying you know I miss this because of that um
3: now, gentlemen, I was having out of body experience. I, I was tripping. Um, my daughter told me uh, when I started counseling that at one point I was just screaming up at the sun in my front yard, telling them, oh, I'm a good boy. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. I had no, no memory of it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, you, know, um, you said something interesting, and you said, like, <clears throat> you know, you went through that and you just you didn't know how to deal with it, right? And but that that's just that's not you and i i think that and i don't know how it is now cuz i've been out for a long long time but i think i think historically the military all services that were horrible at that because without not teaching people how to deal with that and it's just, it's not normal no 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 human being should have to go through war and see the type of things that 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 you guys have saw like i was lucky like i said i was on a ship i didn't see the 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 final result of combats. Yeah. We, you know, we might have launched some artillery and stuff like that, but I didn't get to see like where it landed and if it hurt somebody or whatever. And now I was lucky, but, and I don't think that the military did a good enough job preparing you guys or all of us for what was about to happen and then how to take care of it later. And so what do you think about that? Is that oh, somewhat true? The military
3: true or, is definitely, yeah. um, Pain is weakness leaving the body. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not very much worried about the things that are going to pain. you. They were definitely not worried about the impact of my mother's death on me. And again, Mm. everyone goes through traumas. Mine just hit me particularly bad because I was trapped in a place where I could have easily been released. Mm. Uh, At least this is what the people who know tell me. Um, I also have a very, very hard time backed up traffic i've been shot at repeatedly just because the traffic is backed up people start popping off shots of americans when they're driving around the world um that's a real thing man it's a real thing it's a real thing and if i i, I made the mistake of taking a um another military job when i first got back it was called jido and it was the joint improvised explosive device defeat organization it was a joint run operation out of the bill air force base that was meant to stop all the worst ied so i saw all the worst ied Hmm. as soon as i got back from iraq after three and a half years this was my gig and it did not help (laughs) it did not improve things at all but
0: (laughs) i honestly i can i can i mean i can't i can understand or i can kind of picture like how horrible that must have been like must be sitting in traffic because how being in a war zone stuck behind you know a half a mile of traffic and buildings on each side you don't know and it's like just sitting there wondering looking around like who's you're just like you know people shit in that and i can see where that could bring
3: vehicles every day right
0: and i can see we're just stuck in traffic being behind like a bunch how that could trigger that but there's so many probably other mm-hmm. little tiny little things that that trigger you and i i just think that the the average person doesn't smell sound like you know back a car backfire anything like that you know fireworks and and, yeah and it's i think the average person doesn't not that they don't want to know they just don't understand they don't know and like people like me i don't really understand all that either because i didn't have to go through that stuff yeah i've
2: had two flashbacks nothing major but diana like my wife like likes to point out there's one that literally we were in Still in our apartment, so I was just out of the military, and uh, just one night I jump up on the bed, didn't come in. I got down on <laughs> the floor, start get down, get down. What's wrong with you? So it's funny now, but yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So one of the reasons why we, why I brought it up to Chris about having this kind of uh, salute to veterans and talking to you guys about these experiences is Chuck posted one day on Facebook, and it kind of hit me. And we had just done that empathy. Um, men's health, oh, the men's health podcast. Podcast, yeah. and I called him up. I said, "Dude, you okay?" And he said, "You know, part of me is still over there, or I'm not all whole, or something." And
3: part of me never came back.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of hard for you to sit there after doing on you know, seeing everything you've done, go home. Hey, honey,
3: you can't just shut it off. Well, there's two pieces to it. Yeah. You you, you I got stuff in my head I don't want. I can't get rid of it. I tried getting rid of it. I I just, I got to find a way to tamp it down and avoid the things that really keep it going. Uh, But also the thing I was uh, really, really bitter about is the world kept churning when I left. I came back and it was not the same. My kid was different. My wife was different. My life was different. People had moved on. People had gone other places. I expected to come back to home and home just kept on churning. And yeah, after three and a half years, you'll be bitter about that.
2: Hmm.
0: Hmm. i'll tell you what gives me flashbacks you guys want to hear it
2: sure
1: oh,
0: I'm we talked about some let's get a little lighter here for a second we're going to come back to the other stuff so you know like it's uh in the navy there was like a lot of pranks and everything right and so um especially when you first come out what they call coming out to the fleet right your mm-hmm. first ship or duty station or whatever and um there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that but especially if you're like an E1 right out of boot camp and you know, all that kind of stuff. So you don't really know what to expect as an 18-year-old kid, you know, like first time like ever, like being up for me, that's first time when I flew to boot camp, first time I was ever on an airplane, right? First time I ever left the state of Florida. <laughs> so that was like a whole crazy world out there for me. And um, they would do some really fun, some funny like pranks and stuff like that. Like there was one I remember when we first got out there, and uh, this this would be like the whole shit cuz I was the destroyer that I was on there was only I think uh 180 of us on there so it was very very small very intimate everybody knew everything about everybody and um they would call it they they would they would say they would send people out on mail buoy watch <laughs> and, so, and so like really like your these kids would be so gullible and so they get them dressed up in these like in like battle gear battle helmets and big K-pop, like big orange things and they have them sit at the bull nose of the ship with a gaff hook, right? and the thing was, it's like, we're gonna go by the mail buoy, like in the middle of whatever ocean you're in, and then, like, don't you have to grab the mail bag off the buoy, right? <laughs> There's Don't saying. fall in. Right, but they would make these dudes sit out there, like it didn't matter if it was raining, thunder, like they'd sit at the front of the ship with this gaff hook for like seven, eight hours until finally the captain would be like, all right, get that guy in here. <laughs> so, I never fell for that one. And the other thing, like, uh, in uh, backup communication systems on, in the Navy, they, we have what they call sound-powered phones, right? right? So, And so you don't need electricity or whatever. You can communicate everyone throughout the ship through these air tubes and everything, and they would send people off to go get batteries for them with sound-powered phones. <laughs> and that people <like, he'll> be- <laughs> And they had, they, and they, they, it's like, hey, go down to go see so and so. It's like windshield
3: you, wiper fluid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go
0: see the store clerk. Go see SK2 so and so and get some, give me some. And then you go there and he'd yeah, send you like, down here and then he, they'd send you over here and then, like three hours later. But the one that disturbed me the most was that I actually fell for is um, I was, I was also a helmsman on the ship. I got master helmsman qualified. So I got to know the captain a lot, really good, because we would be up there for all your special sea and anchor details and, and uh, battle stations and all that stuff. General Corps is what they called it. And so they got me. They they told me I had to go down to the main engine room one and blow down the MPA. right? And I had no idea what that was. And I was like, all right, sounds like a legit job. I'm going to go down there and do it. So I go down there. Of course, and they, they've already called everybody down there. So you get down there. You put your earphones on. You're like screaming to the guy like, I'm here to blow down the MPA. And they're <laughs> like, what? I'm, here, I'm blowing out. and I are like that way. So you go walk in, get the next guy. You have to say, I must have said that like ten times before I finally got there. And they go like, finally, they go, see him. So for those of you who don't know, the MPA is like the second in charge of engineering. It's called the Main Propulsion Assistant, and it's short for MPA, which is a guy. Yeah. And so I go say, I go like. I'm like, sir, I'm here to blow down the MPA. And he turns around and he's got his dick hanging out. And he starts shaking. It <laughs> and,
1: like,
0: ah! and he goes, I'm the MPA. And I'm like, ah. I literally like jumped back and like went running away. And they're oh all laughing around. That's your story. And now if you did that in today's Navy, oh, yeah. court martial, like instant court martial, bad conduct discharge, big chicken dinner. So
3: that was my. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, in today's navy. If That's what you're gonna get. Yeah, right. Right. It depends <laughs> if it's wanted or you not. You might be getting yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, a, I don't That is a distinctly navy.
2: Absolutely, that sounds very
0: Navy-ish I threw it out there. Willing really right. to accept that. Ours was
2: like mopping the motor pool and crap yeah, like that. Like well, that, tell man. us about mopping the motor pool. Hey, I never had to do it.
0: Tell us about the the 55 gallon drums.
2: Oh, shit burner detail.
0: Tell us about that. I don't think people realize that.
2: So. They've mentioned – it's been in a movie or two. Ours was we were in the port of Al jabbar when we uh, flew into uh, to Iraq from Germany or to Saudi Arabia from Germany, and and so they built us because we were literally in a port. Yeah. In uh, the warehouses, so we were sleeping in the warehouse entire uh, brigade, <clears throat> and uh, so they built you know latrines out of uh, plywood, you know eight, eight by four sheets of plywood, and and so you go in there and there would be four uh, toilet seats, you know side by side. And uh, underneath the toilet seats on the back side of the uh, of the latrine were half-55-gallon drums. And if yeah. you, you drew the uh, short straw, you were on ship burner detail that, that week. And uh, you just go with this big, long metal hook and pull the uh, half drum out, pour some uh, diesel in there, and light it on. Uh, Ooh, y'all use diesel. Very dirty. In the Air Force, it was JPA. Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't have that no. in the Army cause, <laughs> we <laughs> all ran on diesel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 on
3: diesel. Yeah, come say, comes
1: up. What's yours, Jet Fuel? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Jeff
2: burns Yeah, but that quickly. burns. That blows up. That doesn't burn too well. No, it burns slowly.
3: No, yeah.
2: it doesn't blow up. Jeffrey, no, 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 it will no, not what, blow up. What yeah, what what burns real nice is C4. I mean, it'll, it'll it, what, you take a little pinch of it, about size your fingernail, and put it. It'll boil a canteen cup in about 38 seconds. That's I've shit. used
3: it to blow the door off of a building. I've never used it to cook food.
2: Yeah, no, we used to, Yeah, we blew all kinds of bunkers off with it. C4 is fun to play with. So here I am with two shit burners. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got a slightly different level yeah. of hazing in yeah. the security <laughs> police. Um, it wasn't even hazing. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? We're to go over here. You gotta burn some shit. Wait, what? Well, huh, huh. So
0: did <laughs> you guys? So I know Army Air Force. Did you guys when you first came out? Did you have to do mess duty or anything like that? Like working the cafeteria or whatever. Basic. You did? We
3: had to do that in basic. Yeah, okay. basic. We had. We did too.
0: So we did two in basic. We had to do a whole week was working in the in the um, in the child. mess hall chow hall. Yeah. But when when defect. you're enlisted and you come out to the fleet chow hall.
2: defect well I, officially it was defect. we call it mess hall. yeah we, we call chow hall but too, but, um, it defect.
0: but when you're enlisted i don't know 70. if it's still like this again i was in from 88 and 92 when you first come out to your to the fleet for the first time and it's it's noted in your service jacket everything if you, you everyone has to do it i don't care nope. who you are yeah if you're enlisted so you you have to spend um three months working like in in the mess hall like and they give you a job or whatever um, and I remember my, uh, we, we were, I met my first ship in Diego Garcia, which is an Island in the middle of the Indian ocean. And uh, mm-hmm. that's where I flew over. I flew, I flew all around the world to meet the ship there. And, um, so it was in the middle of summertime and it would be like 118 degrees inside this. They call it a scullery. And it was so damn hot in there. I was, um, I was, di- I, I washed dishes for the first four weeks that I was out there. It was just miserable. We would have to take turns because it was so damn hot in there. You could only spend i think it was 15 minutes at a time so you you'd go in there and watch this 15 minutes you tag out someone else would come in you drink water Jeez. and go back in there it was ridiculous um but then i just never forget like every after every meal service breakfast lunch and dinner we had to strip and wax the floor for for whatever reason <laughs> and i just remember thinking like how expensive is this is this
2: happening on every ship on the why the are they still using floor tiles you gotta wax i mean they got wax yeah. floors everywhere now i don't know I man
0: don't it was that, ridiculous sir. like you'd be on your hands and knees and and it had to be perfect and if they come in and inspect it like do it again and it was just like i don't know if it's just to keep us busy because we didn't yes. have anything else to do but
3: can't y'all hire immigrants to do
0: that <laughs> <so the> <laughs> I, was, I mean come on i was gonna
2: say that now I mean, we in, can in, in, in basically we had that so you would you would draw kp duty and it was mainly washing pots yeah. and pans because they had uh at fort benning they had a. Uh, uh, was it rice rice services so it was a company that that ran all the uh, chow halls and everything then we got to germany and we didn't have that because it was all either civilians you know on the on the german the germans or a lot of wives worked in the uh, in the chow hall. so yeah and Dude. and then the, the cooks were all raw Army Do You remember
0: seeing those big commercial steam vats or pots That's or whatever? Bad. Like, yeah. I, never, I was, when I first saw that, I was like, holy crap. But, like, what are you doing? And they must have dumped like 400 pounds of potatoes in there and they're going to make mashed potatoes, right? And it was like, this thing was like maybe what four or five feet off yeah. the floor, yeah, exactly and you had you had metal oars you would stir it with and everything. It was yeah, kind of all crazy. All that sounds
1: horrible. It was bad. Man. It was bad. No, it all right, like we have sucks. not heard any hazing stories from <laughs> Chuck here. yet. Yeah, Let's yeah. hear
3: it. Chuck, I was about to get pissed off. I didn't get my hazing story We got plenty of here. time. We got, uh, we I, got I, too I, I, Your trauma is really really bad. I know. It that I really <laughs> enjoy you
1: got forty two seconds.
3: I have forty two seconds. You got Much obliged. No, Zweibrucken Air Force Base in Germany was right near the Maginot Line. remember a little bit of your history this was a big fortified line that the french built that the germans just mowed right over in like five minutes so we started using it for spelunking so you get a brand new airman basic fresh out of the uh police academy comes over and the first thing you want to do with them to build camaraderie and esprit de corps is take him out spelunking to the caves underneath the old maginot line so you and four or five of your best cop buddies take him out there, and you're all over this little really dark hole in the middle of the night. You drop a rope down. And you're like, all right, man, this is your first thing. This is to be part of the team. You go down first, wait for us, and we'll be right behind you. There you <laughs> <laughs> that little sucker scurries over the edge, mm-hmm. ropes all the way down to the bottom. We couldn't get that rope up say, fast huh. enough. He is in a deep, dark hole in the middle of nowhere with no light. and We have left him cold. Oh, he didn't months. have a Zippo?
2: We always had Zippos on us. I'm
3: sure he had cigarettes and a Zippo of some nature, but he didn't come out of that hole until morning. Mm. So that's how you haze somebody. Yeah.
1: No, thank you. <laughs> I would have shot somebody. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he didn't have the guns. We did.
1: We did not haze in a Civil no, Air Patrol. Thank you. No. <laughs>
0: in the Civil
2: <laughs> Civil Air Patrol. <laughs> oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> oh, Your gig line's messed up Oh, gig fly line. I haven't parts. heard that in a long time exactly.
1: yeah. Gig line Don't hmm. know what a gig line is
3: Disconnected area of the uh, uh, sure. rock
1: Alright I need more stories You guys gotta have more stories uh, Give me a topic
3: mm.
1: Now I remember It was What is his name When they had the the big van That's yep. the fact Jack The movie with um
2: Oh, uh, um, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill strike, Murray. Stripes. Stripes is one of the reasons i win in the Army. <laughs> like a
1: man, absolutely. <laughs> it's Put on fistball fist that. That's the fact, Jack. So they took that mobile home Our over to Yeah,
2: sir. So M- 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 what the hell is that wrong?
1: You know how many spatulas I have in my kitchen? <laughs> absolutely, baby. <Brenda>. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Hop around. flapjacks. jacks that <laughs> Bill Murray's is a classic. That's
2: funny. D- did you have any fun stories? <laughs> so you know, I... It's not hazing, but here's one from basic. So we we had a uh, we had a crazy freaking first sergeant, and I'm I was like one of the last classes of high stress basic, which they went to low stress basic, and now they have like no stress basic. But um, we had we had this huge uh, inspection coming, so you know you, you guys know what I'm talking about. That you know you spit shine everything. My job for that inspection was to literally brasso every piece of chrome in the bathroom, and that was my job. You know, and everybody else had their job. So our first sergeant coming, he can't find. Anything. It is perfect. I mean, we're sleeping under the bunks with all of our equipment <laughs> laid out on top for like three days to make sure this is perfect. And he can't find you. I almost said shit, which is ironic. Because he finally stops him on the stalls and sticks his hand as far up the toilet as he can. No. Yes. And comes out and goes, gig, dirty toilet. And we're like, God damn, first sergeant. So then he goes and washes his hands in a sink, steps away, turns back and goes, Oh look, gig dirty sink ah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you can't win and, and uh in between after, after basic a- ait our advanced training i was going to mike school for the bradleys yeah and i had like a two-week break where i just stayed in the barracks from basic they didn't bring in another class in, so i was hanging with with the drill sergeants for two weeks we were going to the club and everything else
3: oh whoa, whoa 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 they didn't put a
2: paintbrush in your hand you had a two week no because i i just graduated uh-huh. And, and we, were, we were still doing some uh, – the dr- there was like five of us, I want to say, maybe maybe ten on the high end. Um, we were still doing some marching and drills. But, again, we, we had just graduated. We, we were official army now. you know? And so, uh, and so you know, we were no, doing – The Air Force s- put you to work. And no, okay. you know, we had, we I mean, had police no, call. Know. We did shit. You know? okay, it wasn't, we were goofing off gotta all that You got to
0: pay bad. for the carpet in those barracks somehow. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, we can't have three-year-old carpet now. <laughs> they <laughs> Pardon me. All the, all the drill sergeants were like, you know this is normal yeah we're gonna find something we're gonna we're gonna make something up you know like like i had a, i was the first squad leader in 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 my uh platoon and basic and I, so I had a little bit of rank on my on my collar and we all did like freaking like five miles out to one range and walked back my entire squad to include myself did not polish their boots that, that night came out and like they made this big deal and they literally ripped the rank off my collar you're to the end of the line you're promoted next you're the and they told me, oh, yeah, we do it to somebody first all the time. I just had to meet
0: you this year. We're <laughs> just in the wrong place at the wrong time.
3: All right, quick segue in the conversation. He mentioned something I wanted to bring up. Polished boots. Mm. Oh, yeah. We were chit-chatting before the call about, you know, you can keep your hands in your pockets now. Oh, yeah, in the new Navy. But Tresco. the boots they wear. I used to be terrorized about having a scuff
2: or the slightest yep. Boy, yeah.
3: imperfection on my Corcoran Boots. Now
2: they don't even have to have a shine. Yeah. Well, you, you get the 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 desert boots. Yeah. They're they're uh like suede. You know, and you, you can't shine them. Yeah. Ours okay. Were,
0: excuse me. What the fuck? Ours were black. They call we call them boondockers. I don't know where that name came from, but and it had to be so. A lot of us would cheat. Like we had like a a, a pair of boots just for like oh, quarters uniforms, and right, mustard and, and that you know and we had. Like, everyone would Great go boots. back to the go back to the barracks, or whatever, change before you went to work. Cause like you wore the same uniform that was all nice and creased up and everything. It had a special pair of yeah. inspection yep. boots and a hat and everything,
2: so just yeah, to we, make sure, yeah. So we we would take the light, the light, the the warm weather BDUs, which mm-hmm. were real thin, and you'd literally get the bottle of blue starch, fill the sink up, soak them in the sink, hang them to dry, and then iron them. And they were so crisp, and you would literally go to a formation, you know, for an inspection. And then you go back and change. And then you have that one jerk of a lieutenant. It's like, okay, we're going to the motor pool like this. And everybody's like, what? No, dude, this is my inspection. It's like, <laughs> hey, no, no, remember, that's why we're all going to the. To you the the motor remember pool the
0: movie Officer and Gentleman, where Richard Gere yeah. would sell all the shiny buckles yeah, and stuff? Yeah. There's always guys like that. Yep. Every unit, every, every, you oh, know. It was sales something.
2: right down the street. You go buy that shit. No, right. but I'm saying
0: so, like if you didn't have money, there was guys that would like charge you like five bucks to polish your boots or this or that. Like you could find someone to do it for you right. if you didn't want to do it, but you had to pay, right? right. So as a
3: cop in the Air Force, uh, you work the front gate. You're constantly seeing people come and go. A lot of officers come and going. So staying sharp in your uniform has always been a thing for us. Gig lines. Y'all be mentioning that. Got to yep. be tight. No strings hanging off. Crisp lines everywhere. All your medallions, all your medals, all your stuff is in line exactly where it needs to be. I look at some of these uniforms they got going on these days. (laughs) I look at some of the people in the uniforms going on these days. All right. So, uh, again, back to Germany. Most of my fun stories come from Germany. Um, We get these two guys in, a staff sergeant and a tech sergeant, and they are sent in from uh, a training facility out in Texas. And most of the cops that they have now run into are prissy very, very well-dressed. Like you said, they got that parade set of boots and nice mm-hmm. uniform. They don't want to get it messy. So these two dudes come on post and the very first thing they do is get a truck stuck in the mud you know, <laughs> all for help. It's like, yeah, we need every vehicle that's available to come help us pull this truck out of the mud. We're about three feet deep. And everybody gets out there in their prissy uniforms. It was like, we're not that worried about how good your uniforms look anymore. We want you up and ready to work. And these guys worked our butts off. They had us Training every day to the point finally we had to complain. We're like we want to dress well again. Do you mind? <laughs> can can just lighten right. up on the training? This is the Air Force, man. What are you doing? With? Yeah. Like yeah. my my manicure
2: is yeah. getting messed
1: Thank up. Thank you. We yeah. got about uh, five minutes. so I want to wrap this up. Give me a positive. Each one of you, any positive positives from the military. Well, I'll tell
0: you the coolest thing that that like happened to me besides visiting 24 countries by the time I was 21 years old was. But... We did a thing in the Navy called, they call it a steel beach barbecue, right? And right. they they bring the ship to a halt. And it's usually if you've been out of sea for a long, long time or whatever. And like everybody would get two beers a piece. Of course, people would barter and sell and do all that kind of stuff. And they'd have a, like the ship's band would be out there, music, barbecue. But they would put the, they put the lifeboats in the water and everything. And then like you could just jump off the back of the ship and you're like literally swimming in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And like they have people there with guns for like looking for sharks and stuff, yep. and like we would, sit out, and it was a blast, man. And uh, that was like one of the coolest things of like jumping off of the back of a warship and swimming in the middle of the Indian Ocean was awesome.
3: Now, are you are a, a leatherback?
0: I'm a, I'm a, a shellback. Shellback. Thank yeah, I, right. yeah. I uh, did the equator.
3: Excellent.
0: Yeah, Yeah, on, on the USS Lawrence. So, um, and that was a real no. That was a, that was hell. That day was hell. Like said, they that's put us to the interior, Oh, dude, yeah. it was. I mean, when I say they beat you with fire hoses
2: and everything that's else, that's like, Dude, yeah. it was. They
0: it was it was people it was really that. put but, in jail for that shit. <laughs> but I tell you, like there was one guy on the ship that didn't do it when we did it out of all of us, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, that guy, no one ever talked to him again. No one had any respect for him because he didn't want to do it. And he was like, a, I'm am gonna, gonna say he was a E6, you know, and um. First class petty officer, what we call it. And um he just didn't Imagine want to what do they
3: it. Put him through, man.
0: Dude, no one talked to him. He was like wow. you didn't want to be around him because you don't want to be like, I'm associated with that guy. So yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. but also he's six who hadn't done that in the navy yet. That's, that's well, not, not if it's those, a rite
3: of passage and you deny it.
2: Well yeah, yeah but that's also a lot a lot people
0: people that so it's to, to that thing. Well for well, I guess it depends, like a lot of East Coast sailors like out of Norfolk and stuff, normally don't get a chance to to do that because we were we, we did a we did a med io cruise, which is normally uh, you're you pretty much stick sticking on the, the Mediterranean side, you know, from the east coast. But uh, we were we, we, we just had a special yeah. type itinerary for us, so it was kind of unusual. Right. But
2: what positives from you? So I'm we'll gonna say the whole thing. I mean we, we, we didn't we didn't complain yeah uh, you know we talked about some bad stuff, but you know we we didn't complain and there's a lot we did in a whole couple of hours on just bad things and hurry up and wait and waste mm-hmm. the time and you know what, this was stupid and being voluntold and <laughs> told you know, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't have probably changed any of it, and I probably would have done the exact same thing that I had done um so again, the whole thing and it's it's you know it's the camaraderie, the brotherhood the 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 guys you meet and lifelong friendships and you know my my old platoon sergeant lives up in georgia and if you were to call me right now and said i need you I'd be saying, guys i gotta go and i'm gonna call my wife on the road say i'll let you know when i can come back because this guy needs me he saved my life and uh, the best friends you're ever gonna have in your life yeah
0: my
3: best friend at my wedding
0: was was a mm-hmm. guy i met in boot camp in the navy and we've been friends now for what 40 years yeah. and we're still friends and and the uh, easiest yeah.
1: relationship to fall back he, into. He was yeah.
0: actually at the coronation when I, yeah. when I just got uh, king to whatever. In so,
1: the, yeah. Uh... Chuck, what about you? I know you uh, came back with lots things. of, you no. came back changed, but.
3: Yeah, no, the absolute best part about my entire journey with the military or at war has uh, got to be Kurdistan. We, as America, defended Kurdistan for 22 years. When I showed up, I had just left the ugliest place I'd seen on the planet Baghdad and North. And when I got to Kurdistan, mm-hmm. Everybody been trying to kill me for a year and a half. When I got there, the children ran up and hugged me because I was an American. Right. Because I was an American soldier helping keep them alive. Um, That was good shit. That was. I mean, you really felt like you delivered when you went to Kurdistan and people halfway across the world, kids, know you saved them. That's good stuff. That makes you feel good. good
1: I have a deeper respect for all three of you guys. Um, Like I said, I wasn't in the military, but hearing you. I mean, I. When I go to your office, Ray, you still have pictures of your tank crew up there and stuff like that. Um, Chris has got his tattoos all over the place. <laughs> uh, Chuck,
3: uh, y'all can't see the ink in what I'm wearing, but yeah, I, 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 I that told my
1: weekend. whole story with my ink. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it's got to be tough when you guys come back, Chuck. I know your demeanor. Yeah. Uh, good, bad, ugly, everything else, and you know you you were in charge of a lot of people over there, and they listened to you. I can't imagine when you come back here and these little whimper snappers don't pay respect <laughs> for there you probably just want to beat them down what about, what about kids at your school that sit there and disrespect you do you just want to pummel them
2: <laughs> every now and then it snaps and they realize that okay playtime's over with yeah. <laughs>
0: i want to echo what ray said like he like i i needed i needed the navy at that time in my life and i and you know i talked about you know going to university and all that stuff but I know if I would have went to college, university, when I would have done what you did and probably failed Bucking out because up. I was a I was a fuck up man and I I need I had no direction in life. My my parents got divorced when I was 15. I was pretty much raised myself from 15 on and I was a dirtbag. I was a douchebag, man and and I learned like really quick, like maybe a week in the boot camp, like oh this oh, is yeah. the real shit right <laughs> here. And of course Navy boot camp, nothing like know. what you guys I... went through, but. It was, I never had discipline like that and like responsibility or anything. And man, you had to grow up really quick. Yep.
3: Right. My dad always lamented his inability to get through to me when I'm being stupid. Yeah. And when I got back out of the military, he's like retain. Um, yeah. I, I, I got I the stupid it. under control. Absolutely. And I, would, I, I wouldn't have succeeded at college if I went straight out of high school. I, I didn't. I really needed it. I <laughs> tried. Well,
0: I remember when, I, when I first got to boot camp, and they go, you know, they everyone gets their haircut or yeah. whatever. And of course, I'm a smartass, I always have been. So I, I sit in a chair and I tell the guy, just take a little bit off the side. <laughs> so he's like he strikes, gets the great. down the middle. company, <laughs> yep. man. Like, I, guess, I got you, buddy. And
3: I had a I to pay and I said, for no, it, too. Have you ever had your head shaped like that? <laughs>
1: My mother did that in the seventh
3: grade by mistake. Your mistaken. hair grows back 15 oh, different insane. directions. It's it's the, the,
2: the slap in the face is, is you go you walk into that that first your first night you get there in the middle of the night and then they go and they like they, they give you like 37 dollars for your out of your first paycheck that you haven't earned yet and this is a negative on your paycheck here's 37 dollars so you need to go into the PX here and you need to buy toothpaste this there they tell you exactly and that's you know 12 bucks here's your haircut that's five bucks you need to go over here and pay for this and it's like the 37 dollars is gone. And you're like, wait, I had to pay for the own haircut. Yes, you do. You know what? Too
0: like hair. we had to pay for our own uniforms. Either they say they say like, oh, they give. No, they don't get. They give them to you. Yeah. But I think our first month, our first two months of paid, we didn't even get paid. Nah, <laughs> in paid. the Air
3: Force, when I first got there, they were still wearing the janitor greens. If you remember those. Mm. And they gave me a full five out of five set of the janitor greens, anything I wanted. Because the month I got in country, they were like, yeah, you can't wear those. Names. You have to be in full camera. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. We're not paying for that. You're going to get some. And I'm like, okay.
0: For me, the worst was the whites. I, I can't. If I wear anything white, it's going to attract I dirt. I never understood. you wear anything everything. white.
3: Not, well, how do you know what to wear each day? Yeah, right? and I
0: spent, well, I tell you what you have to wear, like yeah. depending on where you're at, oh, the client is everything. Uniform, of the, right? yeah. you the day, uniform yeah. of the day. I told you
2: that. Uniform of the day. We were talking about that drive over
0: and uh yeah but I just I i couldn't wear anything and I spent you know we talked about earlier how horrible the pay was. I think I made seventy $7, eight hundred dollars yeah. the first year oh, I it was, was in. Spit. And then
3: like but you had to take the GI Bill too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah they were taking another twelve hundred bucks <laughs>
0: yeah and then, but I just remember like uh, you had to pay, you fucked up your uniform, you had
2: to buy yeah, it you did not yeah, yeah. just go to a store and like, hey, I need another yeah, we, we got the first four free, <laughs> everyone after that I bought, yeah, yeah yeah, exactly, Wait well man, you s- don't remember that uh they so lesson
3: it basic training the way, the yeah, way no, lesson- we're not- we're not learning how to sew. Oh, well, yeah, I, I can already do that. So for any it, of the idiots that came into basic training and could not sew a rip in their uniform, there was actually yeah. a day dedicated to teaching you how to sew. Hey, that's how a good, to maintain a good, your eye Let's talk
0: some basic training stuff on the next segment. All right.
3: Everyone um, wants to hear that. Hey,
0: I want to thank you guys for coming. Chris yep.
2: and I uh,
1: appreciate your service. Appreciate Chris's service. I appreciate the invite. No, sir. man. I, I hope you had a good and time. I finally
2: accepted an invite because I've passed on a couple Yeah.
1: Uh, But I do want to thank you guys for coming. I think it was something that needed to be said. Um, Stories need to be shared. And if we had another 10 hours, which who knows, we might sit here the rest of the night and just keep doing episodes. There you go. All right. But until then, uh, we'll catch you next time on the PC Podcast. This is Paul. This is Chris. And we're out. Peace. See you guys. Peace. New York, LA Where there's pride in every American heart. We stand and say that